There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back again for uh, another another amazing week with another amazing guest. We have Sarah Dusek today and we're going to be talking about building back better, about um, being um, generating through business really a more sustainable, a more equal world. And, and you want to hang around for the show because uh, Sarah, I've been excited about her coming on the show. She's going to be a fascinating, fascinating guest. On last week's show, we had Damien Corhane. He was talking about how to pivot your mindset. And right now, there are so many people I'm meeting. I have so many, like my, my work's in the area of kind of leadership and developing teams and cultures. I'm meeting so many people who are challenged right now mentally with what's going on in the world, with uh, what's changing and, and adapting for them. And uh, Damien shared lots of strategies last week from his latest book about pivoting your mindset. Now, I also just want to mention that on the next three weeks, I'm taking a little kind of a uh, few weeks off. Um, I think I mentioned on the show before I had some surgery in January, which failed. So I've got to have, go through it again on Monday. Um, but what I've decided to do was uh, to invite um, three members of the Elevation Collective. Now, the Elevation Collective is a community that I've created. It's um, currently composed of, um, of, of past amazing guests that I've um, personally invited to join the community uh, uh, from um, from past shows who I've really, really connected with. So next week, um, we're going to have Elizabeth Vinberg-Hearn, who's going to host the show. And uh, she's an amazing three times best-selling author, leader, international leadership and digital and sustainability expert. And she's going to interview Gillian Haslam. Now, Gillian's got an amazing rags to riches story um, of, um, of having been brought up in slums in, in India um, a white person in slums in India, um, and she's written a book, a second book, The Irrepressible Mind. And it's, it's believe me, it's going to be an incredibly fascinating and interesting story. We then have Gene Early the following week. Uh, Gene, um, he uh, introduced and um, founded the NLP centers in Europe when they were first started, set up a genomic research firm. He's also a partner in Leaders Quest. And he's going to be interviewing a real top leading expert on sustainability. And the following week, uh, Hilary Wilson will host the show. Um, Hilary is a best kept secret in the boardrooms of the UK. And at one stage had worked with the boards of 60% of the FTSE 100 in the UK. So three amazing individuals who I, I love to bits. Who will, um, will I'm sure um, I'm sure you probably won't want me back um, after the, they've had the experience of having them three um, doing the interviews. So, Let's talk about my guest today. Let's talk about uh, Sarah uh, Dusek. Um, and I just think this is going to be a great, great show. Um, we're going to talk about building a, a better, more sustainable and equal world. And Sarah, in my opinion, is just a, just a really inspiring individual. I remember the first time we spoke, and uh, thank you to Pat Headley for the introduction. I, um, she just came across with such humility uh, she'd um, really worked in the grassroots in, a, in her early career in Africa, uh, working on aid projects when she was in her early 20s. And 
uh, and also in South um, East Asia. And um, she became disillusioned after, I think, about 10 years doing that. And she moved to the US and just set up a a little glumping company. Um, But incredibly, in 2018, she successfully sold her company under canvas for more than $100 million and then launched Enigma Ventures. So today, Sarah has returned to South Southern Africa. She's in Cape Town today, a city I think I love, actually. Um, she's a venture capitalist. She's co-founder of Enigma Ventures. And she invests in women-led businesses and creates solutions to bridge that disparity in wealth uh, and also to enable women in Africa to access capital. And as we've heard on the show before, um, the ability for women to access capital versus men um, even in the like, likes of the United States, it, there's a massive disparity, but imagine what that's like in Africa. Incredibly, she has lots of online programs, and uh, one of her programs has been um, helped 5,000 entrepreneurs in the past year to become investor-ready and learn how to build valuable companies. So huge welcome to Sarah Dusak. How, how are you? Thank you so much. I'm I'm overwhelmed by the introduction already. <laughs> you, you absolutely deserve it. You've earned it. And uh, so, what's what's life like in Cape Town at the, today? How, how's things? Uh, Cape Town is always beautiful. We're just transitioning out of summer into fall, so it's uh, it's getting cooler. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a beautiful sunny day, as many of the days are. So it's been it's been fabulous. Oh, fantastic. It's a beautiful city. I'll never forget my wife's eyes as we swung on the cable car on Cable Mountain, <laughs> not, not like heights. And uh, she, she was uh, for about two hours up there. She was saying, I'm walking down. I'm not going back in that cable car. Uh, but it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so, so, Sarah, tell us a little bit about, you know, your life growing up and, you know, what, what inspired you, uh, you know, to have such a proactive career you know what were the seeds that uh, you know you that's you know initiated this for you really yeah it's it's interesting really because I come from a very average very middle class what I would have considered normal although we all have our versions of normal don't we <laughs> um a family in the UK um I had a very stable very I dare I say boring um average childhood um but yet there was this thing in me and it's been in me for as long as i can remember um that had this kind of zeal for saving the world i, I kind of define myself as a as a person as, as someone who always sort of thinks she's capable of saving the world and we all know the world you know we we each need saving as much as the world needs saving <laughs> um so it's i i say that sort of tongue in cheek um but just very much felt a sense of and a desire and a longing to contribute to making the world a better place, for solving big world problems, for creating change, for um, and believing somehow that I could make a difference. And I, I felt that as a teenager, um, just, just the sense of I want to get out there and I want to um solve problems and make the world better and uh, make people's lives better if i can was was it like a was it a person that you met as you know a teacher or a, a mentor or somebody along the way because uh you know for 
wanting to save the world and impact the world. It's it's not uh, not the the usual aspiration. No. <laughs> from, uh, you know, I, I, I get this because I feel the same the same urge in me, and and uh, and you know, I mentioned some of the community members that that uh, we have um, who who feel the same way. But you know, that's been developed a bit more in later life, I think, than having that real yes. starting desire. The only thing I can really connect it to is that um, I, I have a faith, a very active, strong personal faith. Um, and I, um, I developed a Christian faith um, in my early teens. And so um, I think they definitely go hand in hand um, with what I, how I live my life and how I feel about um, life, the world and the universe. Um, so that that definitely has has influenced my life. I don't know that there was a, a defining particular moment, really, but but just a, a very strong strong sense of of wanting to commit myself to the service of others. I think, um, and that very much is central central to my faith. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I get that, and uh, I think um, I, I remember many years ago. I don't think you would. Uh, might be sharing so I won't mention who, who he was but I remember working with a client around his purpose and uh, and what came out of his purpose in life was actually he wanted to embody Christ in his behavior mm. and mm. Uh, and ways that really inspired me actually to be thinking you know actually how how do you live a life that's really worthwhile and what what is amazing is actually what he went on to do you know with that uh, and that that sort of seed of an idea that came through and wasn't about even talking about it, it was about just being, being the best version of you and, and yes. making the best contribution that you could. And I found yeah. that very inspiring, really. Um, yes. So you went on, you, you started off um, in, uh, in, in, in Africa and, and also then in Asia working on aid, aid projects. And uh, after a period of time, you became quite disillusioned. Tell us a little bit about that period of your life and what, what disillusioned you. Yes, I mean, I I definitely left the UK for Africa very gung ho, very idealistic, very much you know believing. I definitely had a white savior complex going on that that you know I could definitely go and save the world and save the African poor children, and <laughs> um, and um, I fell in love with Africa. Uh, I was twenty one when I first got here, and I lived in Zimbabwe. And I, I know the continent has probably had a bigger impact on me than I've had on it um, in that um, I, I think any time we're outside of our own culture and, and particularly when we're young, but I think at any age, um, when we realise, you know, our own way of being, our own cultural habits are just that, they are cultural ways of being, they aren't, they aren't you know, the truth or they aren't, yes. you know, they aren't, they aren't, we can't define our own way of being as the way the world should be. And I, and I know um, coming to live in Africa in my early twenties, it, it reorientated my world. Um, and I, it was, it was very impactful in my own, in my own life. Um, but at the same time, um, the work that I was doing, and I, I spent almost eight years uh, working in volunteer slash nonprofit type organizations and um, feeling like I can see very real, very big, very 
very difficult, big world issues not getting solved by the work that I am doing and I want to do more. And a very deep sense of frustration with um, how, how do we solve systemic problems? You know, and, and I was naive enough to believe that um, I was, when I first arrived in Africa, was working, working on HIV education projects. So very much involved in health education, you know, AIDS had erupted on the continent um, and there was a lot of health work being done um, in, in the education space with young people in particular. In some ways, not dissimilar, you know, a different disease, but similar to the, you know, the education projects that have gone on around COVID and all the misinformation we've had about COVID and how we deal with a pandemic. And so, but I remember thinking there's, there's so many issues connected with HIV in Africa um, and there's so much poverty and this isn't right. And how do we solve some of these, these big challenges? And I just remembered feeling like, and, and I definitely got burned out. I worked super hard, worked super long hours. I, you know, I gave everything of myself to what we were trying to do and burned myself out completely and utterly. And at the same time felt like nothing changed. I don't, I mean, I, I know I supported and encouraged and loved and received love from all the people that I worked and engaged with, but, but did I solve the AIDS crisis in Africa? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, did I make a dent in poverty? Absolutely not. Um, and I remember feeling like, I don't know that if the organization I work for, you know, works for another hundred years, anything will change. Mm. And that was when I really realized that um, the vehicle within which I was working was not necessarily the right vehicle for driving change and for creating innovation and for solving problems. Because when you deal with a systemic problem like poverty or AIDS or whatever it is, um, it's, it's, it's a problem that needs solving. Um, and I realized that aid organizations bandage and we prop up systems and organizations and peoples who are in dire need and we support them which obviously has a place. Um, but I realized we aren't, we aren't going to solve any of these big challenges. So how do, I, how do we think about that differently? And, and the conclusion I came to was business. Business is a much better vehicle for innovation, problem solving, um, which actually to me at the time was, was horrific because I thought of business at the time as uh, as being of the dark side, you know, this idea of capital imperialism was like evil. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was a real struggle actually in my own, my own self with like, how can this concept of a vehicle that seeks to be profitable and make money actually do good at the same time? Um, so uh, long answer to a short question, Chris, but um, th this whole idea of can we, can we use business can, is business a better vehicle um, was, was what I started to contemplate sort of post-burnout, post-aid yeah. uh, worker life. Yeah. And we just got two or three minutes to commercial break, um, but you, um, I, I, get, I get how Africa gets under your skin because it, somehow it does, doesn't it? I don't know, but when I've been there, I've kind of felt like I've come home in some ways and not wanting yes. to leave. It's yes. uh, kind of quite, uh, quite in intriguing, but I really also get that about um, people going in and wanting to, thinking they had the solutions to the problems. Um, but you, um, I guess you've probably spent a fair bit of time on the canvas when you uh, 
you were uh, probably it working did. on aid projects in Africa. And is, is, yes. that, is that I a link? I fell in love then? with the safari experience yeah. when I was first here. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, Africa has such an integral role in my life. As I said, it's given yeah. to me more than I've you know potentially have given to it. Yeah, and you moved. You moved. Um, you moved to the states to. Uh, um, I think you said Mon- Montana. Was it? Montana, Montana yes, God, I Montana, a, an amazing God. Montana man. And oh, the Grand Tetons. Montana. <laughs> yes. uh, well, I don't blame you going there because it's beautiful, um, be- beautiful place. So you, 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 you met somebody on, on aid working, I believe, and you went back to his, ho- his home uh, in Montana, got settled down and um, probably missed being under canvas, I imagine. Uh, did you? Because <laughs> then you set up a glamping well, company. Yeah, the shock of being out in Montana and and realizing, oh, there's actually so many similarities with this huge, wide open spaces and prairie and mountains and bush and wildlife that that reminded me uh, so much of of life in Africa. So there are definitely huge synergies um, between Montana and and Africa that uh, captured our our hearts. And as we were starting to think about this idea of of business, we realized, oh, we don't know anything about business. And if I'm thinking business could change the world, we ought to think about actually figuring out how to get involved and run a business. So that became the beginning of our uh, our business our business journey. Well, on that note, let's um, let's end the uh, the, the um, segment there, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that next chapter and what you learned uh, through the glamping business, and then we'll get into uh, the. Um, <coughs> the investment um, projects that you've been in and that's uh, that pivot again, going back to Africa again to with, with a different perspective, a bigger perspective to help solve some of the problems through business. So we'll be back again with everybody in a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. Uh, this is going to get uh, even more interesting. I've got a really good feeling about that. So back with again, just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific. Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with uh, sarah dusik and we were talking um, before the break about uh, sarah's background um, and uh, her kind of love of Africa and her disillusionment and um, spending time on the canvas and then um, meeting the man of her dreams and moving to Montana and getting married. So uh, uh, another beautiful place to, to live. And, um, and also not having, thinking business is the answer, but you didn't have business experience at that stage. So tell us a bit about on the canvas and, and how on earth did you grow on the canvas to ultimately sell the business for a huge sum of money tell us about that that story yeah i mean i absolutely as i said had no business experience whatsoever um and i've been working with eight organizations for almost a decade um but and and no real experience of, of being entrepreneurial in my childhood either so it was it was really going back to the drawing board and, and starting from from scratch and having to to learn everything as, as we went. But we had this crazy idea, as I, as I talked about, of, of coming to Montana and then the synergy with Africa and realizing, gosh, these, these wild open spaces are amazing and, and wondering and imagining, I wonder if the safari experience could be recreated in other wild places and create access Mm. to the outdoors and could we do development more sustainably could we could we create access to beautiful places without doing wild developments that destroy the places we actually want people to enjoy and protect and um and could we be socially responsible and could we impact our communities and could we drive change through the business that we were we were trying to create so we started off with this very small idea of recreating the safari experience and, and that developed over time to become Under Canvas, which um, Under Canvas today is the largest glamping company in the United States with locations across um, uh, all over the country outside of national parks. Um, and so we connected with the national park system in the US and created large scale glamping resorts to provide incredible ways for people to experience the national parks. Amazing. And uh, they're pretty beautiful, those national parks. Must be nice of having had the opportunity to go and visit them. Yeah. And, you know, the, so I often joked how, how glamorous my, my day job was, which was, um, you know, other than having to clean lots of toilets and make beds, <laughs> which is not very glamorous, obviously, but getting to be in incredible, wild, amazing places uh, was a definite privilege. Fantastic. Well, I can imagine having had that experience on the aid projects, you, you can also roll your sleeves up too, I guess, uh, was important. Yeah. But incredible. <laughs> like you, you, you grew that so, so significantly. And I mean, was there, is there a, uh, you know, is there a learning from that in terms of, um, you know, something you think that was the key to building this successful business in the, the time that you did? Is that, was that I think one of the things that I've realized over time, which sort of connects with the work that we're doing now, but is that businesses have so much power to do so much good. 
Yeah. Um, and as as I grew our business, I think realized just how many lives we could impact, how much how we could influence people's behavior, how we could uh, create employment, um, and just realizing how valuable um, economics is to everyone, um, not just you know not just creating employment, but you know that's an powerful powerful thing in itself that I don't know that we realize that entrepreneurs really are, are the only people in society who are what, we, what I call builders. So they're builders of our world in terms of not just what they create, but uh, how they drive economies, how they create opportunities for employment, et cetera, et cetera. And so this, I started to sort of cotton on to this, this reality that um, we could have a huge influence actually over, over, where we worked, how we worked, how we did things. Um, and we really built a very strong values-led company, which I, to this day, believe that that has, has made Under Canvas uh, valuable economically, but also, I think, um, a place where people want to work, a place where people want to come and stay, um, and has, has connected with something much larger than just being a place to sleep. Yes. Um, and we've always thought of ourselves as not just being a tented hotel, but, but being a vehicle for helping people think about environmental issues and waste and light footprints and how we travel and how we engage with the planet and, and all sorts of things um, and how we create opportunities for people, um, employees and, and consumers. Um, and so that's been really important to us. And, and so the journey, the journey was a decade long of, of building under canvas from, from scratch. And I, I don't know that when we, I, I know that when we started the business, we weren't thinking about building a valuable company. Mm. We were thinking about, can we use this vehicle to do good and drive, drive some change? Um, and what would that look like? And I, I, we didn't know what it would look like when we started. Um, and that was sort of part of our own, our own journey, our own learning and our own digging in really to, to figure out how can we contribute and what, 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 what is the gift that we've been given and how do I use that and how do we unfold that and develop that in the world? It seems a lovely example. In 10 years, not a long period of time to no. create something like that, but from all those great principles and values and, uh, and and great intentions, it shows that you can, you know, create businesses for good that also have value as well. Um, yeah. And that and that value is um, is now enabling you to add value somewhere else. So back, going back into uh, to Africa again. Um, yeah. So so tell us a bit about uh, Enigma Enigma Ventures and uh, and you know its link now with building back better. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I liked where you were going there, Chris, with just this this sense of creating value. Um, and I am increasingly thinking, even with the work that I'm doing now, which is that um, how we create value as a society, um, not just economically, is increasingly going to be about how we drive change and and make the world better and build back better. And so... Um, uh, you know, I'm fully expecting within the next decade that uh, the world stock markets will not just be uh, moving up and down based on economic performance. I'm going to, I'm expecting that uh, impact and ESG and sustainability 
are going to be needle movers that we're also thinking about um, about that that are value creators and how we think about um, what's important. And um, as we've we've all lived through a, a very trying last two years, and you know it's been another moment in time, I think, for all of us where we've where we've had to stand back and go, what do we what do we want to take with us into the future? Where do we want to go? What, what's, what's important? What are we leaving behind? What are we, how are we going to build our world back? And I, for me, my own journey of, of building a company, I, I realized two, two very significant issues which were, are, are harming our world. And obviously the climate environmentalist issue, which we were deeply connected with, with the way we, we built our company, um, climate change. Um, we are still, you know, it's, it's the issue of our time. But the other issue that became very apparent, which wasn't, wasn't immediately obvious to me, I think, when we started the business, but as I tried to um, grow our own company as a female entrepreneur, um, realized just how difficult it was and how few women were actually getting opportunities or, or able to build big businesses. Um, and I realized there were so many things I didn't know, uh, and not just because I didn't have an MBA, but I realized that the world, the way money is distributed, and again, this connects with the issue we're talking about with, with poverty and in, in, in inequalness of, of resources. It's like um, the, the reality was that money is, I realized money is controlled by a very small yeah. group of people. And uh, women are typically not in amongst that group of people who control uh, the world's wealth. And creating access, you know, having access to capital is, is critical for building a business. You know, money does make the world go around. Um, and I, I realized, gosh, I, I'm struggling to raise capital to build a business. There are things I don't know about how to build a business. And I'm, I don't believe I'm alone either. I don't believe that I'm, I'm the only one who didn't get the memo. And, uh, and I, I realized, gosh, if I don't know, lots of other women don't know. Um, and how could I use my own journey and our own success with building and, and learning the lessons that it took to, to build a scalable business and, and successfully exit it to help other women do the same? Because I, I realized that if we keep a world where a small group of people of a particular demographic, of a particular age, maybe in a particular geography uh, and of a, a particular gender control access to all the world's wealth, our world is going to continue uh, to look unequal. We're probably going to continually perpetuate the problems associated with climate change and we ultimately are not going to build a better world for everyone. Right. So for me, the, the issue of equality, and not just gender, but geography as well, and race, those three issues of equality, race, geography, and gender, are really important for thinking about how do we build a better world? How do we build a better, more equal world that works for everyone? Because so many of our, our problems are, are rooted in inequality. Um, of some kind, um, and the the association with capital also is is a 
is a is a huge compounding issue that affects that um, and what our world looks like. And so um, my own response um, with our, our small small exercise of what we could do to think about how do we tackle inequality um, was we created a venture capital fund uh, and we are actively investing in female entrepreneurs in Africa. So trying to combat inequality with with regards to capital uh, through gender and geography and race by by investing back in Africa. So coming full circle to where I started my aid journey um, and coming back to um, see if we can drive change and make a difference um, by investing capital and supporting women to build scalable businesses because I fundamentally believe that, that business is a vehicle that can move us forward, move us all forward in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's it's a vehicle, isn't it? That um, providing there's a good good intentions behind it and its purpose has that ability yes. to do it, doesn't it? If it, if you, yes. you talked about you know one of the challenges in the world of uh, so much wealth um, held by so few is that sometimes it's uh, it's not in the self interest of those people for that equality to happen. Um, they quite like it how it is, how it is. So there yes. is a there is a tension there, isn't there? And the, there's a huge the there's a huge tension. But I think I think what's clear though is that the trajectory we are on as humanity is not actually that great. Um, and if we keep going in the yep. same vein that we're on with the trajectory that we're on with the way the world is, is, is being managed and governed and controlled um, is not one that creates a pretty picture for us um, at all. And you know, climate, climate issues become even more problematic and you know, potentially lead us down a very, very, very dangerous path. Yes. Um, war, war is on our, on our radar again, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, there's so much about that situation that's connected with commodities and control and wealth yeah. and resources and, and resources that, you know, we, the world needs to secure and manage and to be able to provide. And so there's the complexities of these issues, for me, are, are still so grounded in inequality. And how do we, how do we think about tackling that and rebalancing and for me, one of the things we've got to do is is change, change the balance of who's got the power. And unfortunately, he who's got the money and the resources has got all the power. And so how do we enable different groups of people to rise up? How do we enable them to solve the problems that are before them um, for, the, for the people who live around them, the communities that, that, that people um, work and live and thrive in? And so how... Do, how do how do we enable that, and how do we um, how do we stop thinking um, patriarchally, matriarchally even um, if that's even the right way to say that? that <laughs> I think I probably just made a word up there. Um, but how how do we think differently about um, creating access to wealth and opportunities and yeah. building building a future? Um, for everyone in a, in a greener way in a more equal way yeah I, I love what you say because uh, you know so much is going on in the world at the moment which is um, you know is completely off the point of what's really important uh, it's it's you know as you say it is about control it's about people who have resources 
Um, and and, I, and I, what I, I love about what you're saying is that uh, you could get very despondent about this and think that actually, you know, I can't help. Um, and you know, it's, beyond, it's beyond me. But actually, you know, it, it's, it's up to all of us who, who are well-intentioned, I think, and see that bigger picture to step up and do what we can to contribute to a better world right now. Um, and, you know, it's not a dress rehearsal anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really important, isn't it, to step up and in a very positive way, um, raise our consciousness such that we can, we can have an impact, a positive impact, whatever that may be. Um, so I love what, love what you're doing. And what have you learned from, you know, from supporting uh, some of these female entrepreneurs in, in Africa? Uh, how are they, how are they, you know, from small seeds, maybe of investment, how are they sort of uh, becoming empowered through that and, and and making a contribution? Well, maybe I'll come back to the second half of that question. Uh, but the the first half mm-hmm. of the question is what have what have I learned? Um, I have learned that we all need to keep learning, and that none of us knows it all. Yeah. And the more the more we think we know it all, the less we actually know. Yes. But actually, the the path to building back better, the path to building the future is learning. Um, because when we're in learning mode, we're in discovery mode and we're curious. And when we're curious, we can change things because you don't already think you've got the solution. Um, and so um, for me, learning is just so critical for 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 driving innovative solutions to solving big problems yes. um, so that that is what i have learned i have learned i need to keep learning <laughs> how do you how do you to got a few minutes to commercial break but I, I, so this is so so relevant because the last two weeks you wouldn't believe the number of conversations i had with clients about uh, about learning and how important it is and uh, and, and curiosity we've been talking a lot about curiosity and uh, you know, and people say, how do I get on to the next job and then hang on to more money? No, hang on, pull back. You need to, you need to learn and learn your purpose and, uh, and, and, and be able to make the best of yourself. And then you'll be in the right kind of position consciously to go out and then make a positive difference to your work. If it's all about the money, you're going to make the wrong decisions. Um, yeah. So how, 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 how do you learn? Oh, I feel like um, there are unending ways to learn. Um, I, I think by every time I do something or I'm trying to do something that I don't know how to do already, there is innate learning involved. So I learn best when I'm trying to, to t- take something on or tackle something that I've never done before. Um, so I challenge myself. I, I learn best when I am challenging myself to, to do things or go places or take on things that I've never done before. Uh, and then the learning curve steep, and uh, and I love that. I love it and I hate it all at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can be a uh, can be hard to, uh, to to keep on keep on learning. And I think the, the, one of the challenges you just also mentioned too is, um, uh, I think, is getting beneath what's really true. Mm. And that's quite hard, isn't it, to find out what is truth? Because there's often another layer that sits underneath that, and a, yeah, another layer and, that sits underneath that. And, and well, and and realize what do you want? That that question, what do I want, has been so poignant in my life at various different points among my journey, um, and it connects with it connects with what you were saying about what is true. Because when you get to the heart of 
what am I really here for? Or what am I good at? Or what, what is meaningful to me? You're really asking yourself, um, what do I want? What do I want out of my life? What do I want out of this moment? What do I want out of this season? What is important to me? Um, and when you start to understand those things and you can understand um, what's driving me, what's my, what's my inner motive, Where, what, what, what do I really care about? You know, and we're really honest about those things. That's when I think um, magic can happen. Yes. And because, because we, can, we can take on challenges, we can explore things, and we can be true to ourselves. And I, I, I genuinely believe that when we're being our, our, our best, authentic, true selves, we get and, and we're you know, really dialing into who we are, we get to do our best work in the world. Yes. Um, and give our best uh, our best selves to the world and to ourselves and create the most happiness for our ourselves and the people around us. And yes. so um, that's that's been a, a, a poignant piece of learning for me over the last year, you know, last sort of two decades, really, as I started with this intention of uh, wanting to save the world. And as I've said a couple of times, I feel like that that journey has has really been about saving myself yes. and about discovering my own self and my own passions and my own desires and contributing to something greater than myself all at the same time. Fantastic. Well, well we're going to go to commercial break uh, again now and uh, yeah, refl- reflect on all of that. I think there's some very powerful messages and all of that. Um, I'm tingling. So we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You 
tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Sarah Desac, and we're talking, been talking about, uh, well, about building back better and you know, sustainability. And, and I just love some of the messages from Sarah as well. You know, I think you know, it really cements you know, my, my own thinking about how we need to step up and how we, we need to play our role in this and creating a better world. Um, with, you know, otherwise, others will, will take it down. And um, I, think, you know, I think it's really, really important and salient. And I'm just interested, we, we started to we shared the first part of that kind of answer about, uh, you know, about what you kind of learned. But I'm interested as well, but what, what has happened for those female entrepreneurs? And you're investing in a number of countries, aren't you? What sort of projects do you look for? Uh, and, uh, and, and in the time you've been doing it, I know it's not been too many years now, are you seeing some great results starting to materialize? It's been a very exciting journey, actually, because um, I had not obviously been in Africa in this space before. So, again, it's been a, and a big learning curve. But we've connected with some amazing women taking on some amazing challenges and, and really just really knocking it out of the park it's been it's been amazing and, and we've been doing this for the last two years now so we're, we're still very much at the beginning of our journey um, but we are actively investing in women um, in southern and eastern Africa um, we've made 12 investments to date in the last two years and uh, across varying sectors different types of businesses doing different types of things but all solving unique challenges and unique problems um, and with big vision that, that that's been one of sort of the key things that we've looked for we've looked for big thinkers big problem solvers people who are not dreaming small but dreaming big and really really prepared to put themselves out there to make make big things happen so tenacious resilient uh, driven women is who we've been looking for um, across the continent and uh, I've got some incredible women in in Zambia who are building challenger banks digital banks for the unbanked and Africa has several billion people who who fall in the category of being unbanked which means uh, they operate in a cash society in an informal sector and generally um, don't have bank accounts. So um, they are creating all sorts of incredible financial services and products um, and opportunities for access to capital, sort of flowing all the way all the way down the tree. Um, so so those some of those projects are truly extraordinary. I've got another company who's um, she created an incredible brand called Black Mamba, and she's got a, a chili sauce and jam and chutney company um, that's selling worldwide. She's exporting wow. her products all over the world, Europe, Asia, uh, Africa, uh, the United States, Latin America. She's, she's a, an incredible woman, and her projects are supporting thousands and thousands of families who are farming um, on small scale uh, farms, creating 
you know, growing chilies, growing the products that she's putting in her, her brands and just is an incredibly impactful, sustainable, amazing little business um, that's growing by the day. So, um, I mean, and I could go on and on with stories about uh, women building great, incredible businesses who have started small, started where they're at, um, have been tenacious enough to go out and raise some capital um, and get the support they need to help them grow their businesses and, and build bigger uh, than they could have imagined previously. Mm-hmm. And what's, the, what's the vision? The vision for us? Yeah. We'd, we'd certainly love to impact a billion lives on the continent um, indirectly through the investments that we make. We'd love to create, um, uh, help women get seats at the table, be powerhouses for uh, the, the future leaders of, of who drives Africa um, and who, who has opportunity to uh, make, make it happen. We'd love to create an inordinate number of jobs. You know, that's part of the, yeah. the one billion lives impacted. We'd love to change GDPs of whole countries um, because of capital flowing uh, into the region. Uh, so um, as, a, as an economic dream, there's a, as a human dream, um, and to really see Africa rise. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's been a continent that's, that's been suppressed um, by, the, by uh, Europeans mostly, but not, not exclusively, um, for generations and generations. And, and can, we, can we see ri- Africa rise up to really take a place um, as equal partners at the table with the, the, the rest of the world? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Ama- amazing vision, which, uh, which uh, I think is, I can, I can see how, you, how the glamping business um, uh, sort of on the um, canvas grew quickly when you, you know, with the kind of visioning that you have, because that really does drive people to be part of a movement, doesn't it? Um, I, do, I, do want this, I do wonder, I, I, I think you're absolutely focusing on the right sector, but I, and uh, with, your, with your focus, but I also do, you know, through, through my work, I also do come across you know, are males who in some ways they might be slightly more female in their thinking and that they actually do, they do yep. care. Um, they do yep. believe in equality. And I'm just sort of intrigued as to, and, 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 and together maybe you can have more impact. So I was just wonder, you know, one, but, and, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, um, but, you know, is, is there an attitude there that's important as much as, um, as much as uh, you know, going down the, the female gender. Um, yes and no. I, I think for us, with it, with investing capital, um, the realization was that so few uh, venture capital existing. Well, I, I, I think they were doing the right thing. I really do. In, I think invest in women. It's like and there's, there's reason for that. Yeah. Um, and so, how do we reach the unreached? Really, how do we yeah. how do we connect with the people who are being left behind? Um, and enable them to, to get seats at the table. So, um, again, just feeling like, can, where can we make the most impact? And, you know, other people have said to me, why, why do you not just, you know, take your money and invest in, you know, women in America? Women in America also need to, unless they do. But uh, for us, it was, it was just a question of where do we feel like we could make the most impact and um, 
uh, utilize our resources and skills and, and, and all the learnings that we've had from our journeys so far um, and use them for the greatest good. And I, I think that's the challenge for all of us, really, is how do we take what we've got, um, the skills, whether we've got skills or whether we've got talents or resources or networks even. Our networks are extraordinarily valuable. And I don't necessarily realize how valuable our, our, our networks are, but how do we take what we've got, um, whether that's a little or a lot, and use it for the benefit of others? Yeah. Um, and how do we lever ourselves? Because in doing that, there's there's not only the good, the good of others, there's the good of yourself, actually, in terms of, of fulfilling. When we, we are most fulfilled, when we are fulfilling ourselves uh, and, and being who we're made to be, and there is enormous joy, um, an enormous privilege and satisfaction from being able to give back. Um, and so... How how can how can we all do that um, in whatever way uh, using the resources and the talents that we've got? Fantastic. Well, I just realised we're nearly at the interviews um, coming to an end, unfortunately, because I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and you've really fulfilled me actually in the the conversation today. I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I just wonder before we go, do you have one final message you'd like to leave us with? Dream big. Mm. Don't think small. Uh, take take the little that you've got. Uh, and and don't think that your resources or your what you have is a hindrance for doing anything extraordinary. If you can dream it, you can do it. Fantastic. So, dream big. Fantastic. Well, absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, if you if you'd like to um, uh, have a look at some of um, Sarah's resources go to pranary.com that's p-r-a-n-a-r-y.com uh, and I believe uh, your program's on there um, entrepreneurial programs is that yeah. correct that's, right. and, uh, that's where all, all our uh, learning education platform is hosted that's right fantastic um, so do check that out and also check out um, enigmaventures.com that's enigmaventures.com and on next week's show I mentioned Elizabeth Vinberg Hearn will be um, taking over and hosting the show next week um, she'll have Gillian Haslam which I just think is just going to be another an amazing, amazing interview. Actually, um, Gillian's story from um, um, the slums of India is about to be made into a Hollywood movie. So I think um, it will be will be brilliant. And again, um, she set up something called Madia Trust, and she's got done all sorts of amazing projects, initiatives to help people, those people who need help in in India. Um, but yeah, do do join that show next week. Um, I'll be back with you again in a few weeks. As I mentioned, it'll be Jean early then, uh, and then I'm um, followed um, by Hilary Wilson, I believe. And I shall be back in about three or four weeks um, and can't wait for that. Uh, any questions, comments, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Uh, once again, Sarah, it's been an absolute privilege. Thanks so much. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.